Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Worship team, thank you guys. You did an awesome job. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, it's good to have each one of you here today. It's good to be gathered together. Amen. Good to be together. Praise the Lord. It's uh, good to have our friends back from California. Every once in a while, we reel them back in. <laughs> and uh, uh, Pastor Terry is pastoring out there in California now, and Penny, and it's a blessing. They like to come back once a year, and and uh, they remember uh, what God has done in their lives here, and they're thankful, and they come and celebrate that, and we just celebrate with them, praise God, and we just know good things continue to happen out in California. How many of you know that they need good things happening in California, praise God, <laughs> amen. So, you know, we don't want, they don't want everyone to leave out there. They need some people to bring some sanity. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But God's good. I tell you, God always has a people and he has a seed that he'll place in places to make a difference and make a change. And that's why it's important to bloom where we're planted uh, so that we can be that blessing in our life, uh, in the lives of others around us, and uh, just watch his goodness take place. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we've been doing uh, this series on clean, and uh, you know, last week I uh, ministered in uh, concerning uh, righteousness, and <clears throat> didn't get that finished, and so um, we're going to uh, wrap up some things today, and, and then we're uh, continuing the series next week, and uh, Pastor Rick will be ministering next week, praise God, and uh, it'll be good. And so uh, this morning, I want to just uh, lay just a little bit about uh, the groundwork in, in, in this series, what does righteousness have to do with clean? Well, a lot. How many of you know it's, we've been made righteous through Him, through His blood, praise God. And I always like to do this because it, uh, it, 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 it brings out the religious uh, uh, the spirits that try to say, oh, I know. But uh, it, it's good to overcome those, praise God. So I'm going to ask you this morning, how many righteous people do we have here today? Raise your hand. There you go. That should be every hand in here if you're a believer, praise God. Now see, uh, uh, see, religion will try to keep you to all say, oh, no, there's none righteous. No, not one. Well, not in the natural, in the flesh. The natural nature is enmity, the Bible says, against God. But we've been reborn, praise God. If you're a believer, amen, you've been made righteous, praise God. And so we need, to, uh, uh, we need to walk in that righteousness and boldly declare, I am righteous, praise God. So the opposite of that, and we've talked about last week, we'll kind of reiterate a little bit, is the sin consciousness. Rather than the righteousness conscious, is the sin consciousness. And the sin consciousness is, well, I can never do anything right. I'll probably mess up. I'll never be uh, uh, anything important or anything special. And that's low-level thinking. That is, that, that's, that's earthly thinking. 
So let me say this. How many of you know that we've been made royalty with God? Amen. Amen. We're part of the royal family. So as a royal family, if you have child, had children in the royal family, uh, would you want your child running around and say, oh, I'm just a nothing. I'm just a nobody. I'll never be anything in life. You want to grab them by the cuff of the neck and pick them up and say, hey, feller, let me tell you a few things. You're not going to be uh, talking about yourself that way. You're part of royalty here. Hallelujah. Stand up tall, hold your head up, and be who you're supposed to be. Well, guess what? The Father's saying the same thing. You're part of my royal family. Stand up and act like it, praise God. Represent me in the earth. Let me ask you this. If I were to walk around, uh, walk to your house, you didn't know Jesus, and I said, oh, you know, I'm just a nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm not important. I don't, uh, you know... I serve God, but you know, I'm just, I'm just nothing. Uh, would you like what I've got? No, no, not at all. But if you are the light of the world and you say, you know, the greater one dwells in me, praise God. He made me more than a conqueror in him. I've been made the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Problems come, but problems go, praise God. Problems are not on top of me. I'm on top of them, praise God. Would you want what I've got? Come on now. Hallelujah. And so we need to walk in who we are. We need to walk in who God made us, praise God, as his children. And so we talked about that we are, number one, a what? A spirit. We have a? Soul, and we live in a body. Three-part being, Paul talked about that. And when we see each other, a lot of times we see each other and we judge one another by the body or the outward appearance. But the real you and I is on the inside. The only way you get to know the real you and I is to spend time together with you and I, spirit to spirit. And as you begin to find out, we call that the heart. Oh, we say, oh, don't they have a great heart? Don't they have? What we're saying is there's things that's emitted from their spirit, man, on the inside that's caused them to be who they are, praise God, and that's precious. And so if we begin to see each other for who we really are, spirit, then we begin to look at one another differently. Hallelujah. We don't see the imperfections of the outside because we all got them, right? But we're growing. We should be maturing. We should be getting better at looking like Jesus from the outside. And we're told to put on Christ. So there's some work that has to be done in this body and keeping it in check. But as we continue to grow and to mature, then we should represent God more. We should look more like Him to the world around us. And so we've been made righteous. So let me tell you just real quickly. Righteousness, one of the words for righteousness is used as justification. And we have this little saying that we say, just as if I'd, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. What's that look like? Just as if I had never sinned. Instead of walking around with that sin consciousness, well, I could never do anything right. I can never be anything. I'll probably mess up. I probably won't be good at it. That's the old sin nature because we once were that way. But we've been justified, praise God, through his blood. Amen. 
through the forgiveness of sins given to us, through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we accepted what he did for us. And on the cross, and we gave his life, we said, come in into my life and change my life, praise God. We have been justified. We stand justified. We stand cleansed, praise God. If you were uh, to go, if you've been accused of something, and you were to go uh, stand before a, a, a judge, and he said, I am justifying you today, what would that mean? That means you stand here clean, just like you never accomplish that. It's not a word that's used today in our court systems a lot, but it's a word that means exactly that. We have been justified. We've been acquitted for anything that's against us. Now, that is very true. That did happen and did take place, but it's not because of any of our merits or anything that we did. It's because of what he did. And so we receive that justification off of us. It would be like as as you're a child of yours that committed something, and yet, and 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 you uh, um, you took care of that for him, and says, "Guess what? I paid this debt for you. You're free to go." So we have been justified. Praise God, right? And so, a part of that description of the word righteous means to be justified, made innocent, or acquitted. Made right. Everybody say made right. So in making right, what does that mean? And that, that's something we can work with. That's something uh, in today's uh, vernacular that we can look at and we can say, okay, um, um, I just recently, uh, this week, had somebody to do something. They didn't keep their word to me. They didn't make it right. It was not right. But I just said I had a responsibility. Well, can I hold that against it, or should I just give it to God? I choose to do the latter. And not to put a pin on my chest, but I know it's imperative that I do that so that the enemy has no place in me. You and I all operate that same way. It might seem like a big deal to the flesh, but you know what? God's bigger than that. I don't answer to that person. I answer to God. You answer to God. And so... Uh, being uh, made right, and in doing so, in being made right, how many of you know, and this is something that I started on, we talked about last week a little bit, but I want to spend a little bit more time in it. And being made right, there's a responsibility on our part to keep ourselves right. We've been made righteous, but how's the righteous one supposed to live? How are they supposed to walk? How are they supposed to talk? How are they supposed to act? How are they supposed to think? How are they supposed to conduct business? It should be under the terms of integrity and honesty and things like that, absolutely. So we've been made righteous, we've been made right, but yet it's important to us that we walk right. I thought it was a great example, as Kendra last week shared about the Vols. Remember the story about, oh, what a great illustration. They had a, a, a pile of uh, slabs that had been left over from last year, and they needed to go clean it up. And when they started cleaning up, all of a sudden there started to be a bunch, they found out that it was become a home for a bunch of voles. That's, if you don't know what a vole is, it's a little different than a mole. They like to eat roots and, and uh, vegetation. And uh, they look like a nasty little mouse, or a little bit bigger, only fluffier and bigger around, but... 
Anyway, and she proceeded to tell the story how Michael killed a couple of them there for her and saved her day, and all is good, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, um, anyway, she told that story. Brother, would you take care of turning the cold off a little bit? I see some people fanning, some people cold, but anyway, we want to keep you comfortable. We, don't, we just don't want you going to sleep, praise God. Amen. <laughs> All right, so she tells this story and how all these voles had made underneath of this, uh, this lumber uh, their home and uh, was living there. And then she proceeded to tell about because it was unkept, because it wasn't, she had created, they had created an environment for those voles to live there. What a great example how in our life we have to be careful not to create an environment for unrighteousness. Come on now. And so what do we, what's that mean? Well, it means keeping the door closed to the enemy. It means living right and doing right. Hallelujah. And so we know it's not righteousness is not where we haven't been made righteous by our own doing, but there's a housekeeping that has to go along with that. There's a keeping to righteousness, the righteous way of living. Number one, it does. Keep the door closed to the enemy so that he can't get in and he can't cause havoc and wreck our homes and our home life and in our families and do all that bad stuff that he does. In, t- in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, Right? And so we keep that door closed to him. And number two, by living right, by keeping ourselves ordered right, it creates a witness that we're supposed to be upon the earth to show others the help that they may need, to help them out of the problems they may be in. How many of you know or have noticed that around us we have a lot of hurting people, a lot of people that are desperately in need of Jesus and desperately in need of help? But if we can't help someone if we're not right ourselves. And so there's a keeping ourselves right. We can't just, because here we read, and if we go back here to, uh, to Romans uh, chapter 5, and we see here, he says, uh, let's look here. Um, um, let's go over to chapter Let's go over to chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 13. I'm not going to go over what all we went over last week. If you want to go back and read it, I would encourage you to start begin reading as chapter, the whole, uh, a whole uh, chapter of Romans 5 and, verse, and chapter 6. But we're going to look at chapter 6, verse, uh, uh, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members. How many of you know that we, we can yield or not yield the members of our body. In other words, the choice, the choosing to do what we do or not to do. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So we are to yield to God, but shun those things are not that we're not to yield to, right? We yield. We open our hearts up. We yield to, we give place, we give way 
to those things that are right in our life. We're not to open the door to sin. What is sin? We talked about sin. It's an archery term. It simply means missing the mark. And I know every one of us in this room have missed the mark at some point or another. Husbands, if you don't believe it, ask your wives. (laughs) No, we've all missed the mark in some way. But the important thing, we get it under the blood, praise God, and we keep that door closed to sin. We keep it closed. We say, no, I used to do that, but not no longer, because I know on the inside, for me to do that would, be, would not be right. It would affect my witness, and number two, it would open the door to the enemy. I can't afford that in my life, not one little bit. And it's more, the more that we continue to grow and mature and develop in our life, what we talked about with our, 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 our vision of the of Word of Faith Family Church, that's one of the things as we learn and we grow and mature in the Word of God. From the milk to the meat, praise God. We grow up in those things, and, and what that means is tightening up in some things. You ever had to tighten up on some things in your life? Well, I got by with it and it was okay before, but now I know I need to tighten up a little bit on that. I, what, what, what are we saying? I need to be better at that. I need to, I need to throttle it. I need to get rid of some of this fluff, and, and, and let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. How many of you know sometimes that hurts the flesh a little bit? I don't like it, but whoopee-doo. Yeah, there you go. It's, uh, it's not going with us. It's going back to the dust of the earth. It doesn't have any future anyway. So... We are not to yield our members to unrighteousness. We're to yield ourselves unto God, right? Now let's go over to verse, uh, let's look at verse 18. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know about you, but I choose to do so, that's a great something to be a servant to, is to righteousness, not to sin. Being a servant to sin means that when sin presents itself, we just go our way into that. That's how we were before we accepted Jesus. Sin had dominion over us. But when Jesus came in our lives, praise God, the power of sin over us was broken had no power over us, had no authority, no dominion, no control, no longer. But how many of you know that at any time we can open the door back up to that at our choosing? Even though that's broken off of our lives, by our choices, we can step right back into sin again. It's our choice. It's our choice whether we we say no or whether we welcome these things into our lives. So this is the part that's so important about this series on clean is we want to walk clean. We don't want to work. Can you put that, uh, uh, that uh, visual up there again on the clean? So if you notice, it looks pretty clean around it until you look at clean. Then you can see that there's, it's not exactly clean. But to be made washed clean... Isn't it amazing that something as red and something that stains as much as, as 
blood can make something clean. That's not something we can do. It's something that he does. Hallelujah. The power of the blood. And our, what, what we desire to do more than everything and is to keep our life clean and pure before him. So there's some things sometimes we have to shun. There's some things that we have to walk away from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Should have a video back there. Did you get told about that? Okay. Let's run that. It's just a short little video clip. Hey, Dad. Hey. No ships today, Dad. What are you doing, son? I'm being good. I'm being quiet. I'm being safe. Great. How you doing? Daddy, Jay Star. What? Jay Star. What's all this about? See, it's a salon. Young lady, your brother's in enough trouble without you telling on him. You understand? It's from the butchers. And he won't say a word about it, will you, Jay? Will you, Jay? Okay, pick it up. Let's go. Do not test me, boy. Right now. Howard, stay here. Marty Johnson had to go away to Delaware to live with his uncle. Why? His parents didn't have enough money for them to eat. Yeah, well, things ain't easy at the moment, Jay. You're right. There's a lot of people worse off than what we are. And just because things ain't easy. They don't give you the excuse to take what's not yours, does it? That's stealing, right? We don't steal. No matter what happens, we don't steal. Not ever. You got me? Are you giving me your word? Yes. Go on. I promise. And I promise you... We will never send you away. It's okay, kid. You got a little scared, I understand. Okay. So doing right. So being right. You know, that's just one little instance of something... You know, teaching our children, uh, it's important. What do we do in our own lives on a day-to-day? 
may not be stealing, may be something else that we know is not right. Now, that was a, a, a foundational principle, obviously, in their home. And the father was reestablishing that. There's things, foundational principles that we have in the Word of God that guides us in righteousness. And it's a, very important that we stick with that. And see, even though that seemed to the little boy like that was the thing that needed to be happening because of somebody in need, it seemed justifiable, but yet it still wasn't right. A lot of things going on in the world today that's justifiable, but it's not right. And we cannot compromise on those things because it opens the door to the enemy. So if you noticed, when the dad came home and, and the sister accused the little boy, he was already in a, in a place of guilt. He knew it wasn't right. And he couldn't figure out why, how he could make it right. But yet, it, it, it's still, it, it wasn't right to him. And that's when our heart should guide us in life. When there's things that we go to do and it's not right, we don't need to override that. We need to listen on the inside. Now, the Bible talks about having our conscience seared. It's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to go. It's, it's a place if you keep doing wrong and, 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 and push it aside and say, no, it's okay, it's okay. And, and you'll get to the point that the Holy Spirit, he'll leave you alone on it. He will. It's a dangerous place to be because then you and I have become unteachable unlearnable in things and we we have to be very careful about that so the way how's the way to do it is when you're first convicted that quickly you and I deal with it so that we can stay clean before him again it's not it's not the works our works that that make us clean but there's a cooperation with us that is a very part of righteousness that sometimes that we think, well, you know, I've been, I've been born again, I've been washed in the blood, praise God. Then we talked about here last week in the earliest part of this, that Paul was saying, does that, well, then does that mean that we can just go ahead and sin? And he said, God forbid, no. Because we're not under law, but we're under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't condemn us, but he will convict us. Just like I thought the... the the, the father, it was a great uh, display how he uh, taught his son how to do it, but he didn't condemn him. He loved him. Our father loves us even when we do wrong. But there's things that, that uh, we need to make sure that we do right and get them right. Praise God. Turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians now, chapter 15. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 34, Paul to the church of Corinth, he says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. Here's already a couple places that we're seeing that there's a, the responsibility is given to, for us to do something concerning righteousness. 
And if we teach that righteousness is simply a work of God and a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we don't have any part to play in it, that's where we miss it. Because we find out through the Scripture and Paul's teaching that there's attention given to righteousness, but there's also attention given to managing that righteousness that's given to us. Because he knows, God knows, and, 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 and let it be said through Paul and others that uh, in, uh, not just in Romans and Hebrews and different places, how that the sin in the world will still try to creep back in and there's a righteous living, a righteousness that says, no, I've been delivered out of that. I've been redeemed from that. That no longer has power over me and so I say no to it. So he says, awake to righteousness and sin not for some have not the knowledge of God and I speak this to your shame. In other words, you know better. Right? You and I know better. Now we know that we're to awake to righteousness. We're to let righteousness have our, have our work in us and not give way to the sin that can so easily beset us. And so it's, uh, it, it, there, there's, a, there's a thing to do, and this is, this is, this is the action um, agent. This is the action part of righteousness that requires our cooperation. Again, like I said, we're not made righteous. There's nothing that we could ever do to make us righteous, but there's something that we can do to maintain that righteousness. It has to do with dealing with the flesh. It has to do with telling the flesh no when it wants to do this or wants to do that. Let's go over a couple pages to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. You know this verse, but we'll look at it. Verse Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So it wasn't a, trouble, it wasn't a problem for Jesus to walk unrighteously. He, didn't, he never did. He, was, he, 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 he pushed back the power of sin and he chose to walk righteously before his father God then when sin come along Jesus allowed sin in his life so that he could triumph over that and out of that give us through that victory gave us the freedom to walk in righteousness it's our choice he made it available to us he made it doable to every one of us so there might be times that we're tempted really big to do something that's not right. But no amount of temptation can make us if we choose to say no. Well, have we always, have we always done right by that? No. Many times, all of us at some point, even after we accepted Jesus, sometimes did something that we knew that we shouldn't do, Right? But thank God for the blood of Jesus. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't say, oh, you're guilty of it. Boy, you're going to pay the price. He said, no, I remind you, I already paid that price. But you need to get it right. And so we say, Jesus, forgive us. Cleanse us from that. And we make it right. Now, there might be some making right that you need to do with someone. There might be somebody that you need to go to. And you need to tell them, um, and, and, and say, you know, what I did was not right, and I ask you to forgive me. Praise God. That takes a real man or a real woman to do that. 
takes a godly person to be able to do that. It, puts a, it, it, it takes someone that's not afraid to put the flesh under and say, no, I was wrong. Parents, if there's been something that you've done and your children have seen it, and not only do you need to make it right, but you need to let them know that you're making it right. You need to show them, you know, your mom or your dad did something here or wasn't right. And we need you to know we're making it right. You talk about something that will last them a lifetime? Mm -hmm. That in itself is an act of righteousness. Hallelujah. So, it's not, I know it's not an a, a, a exciting, celebrating thing when we talk about something like this, but it's needful, praise God. It's needful to do what we need to do. Let's go a little bit further. Let's go over to Ephesians. See what Paul had to say to the church at Ephesus. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's look at verse 23. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, any, or, uh, let's actually start at verse 20, 22. Uh, you know, we, we talk husbands and wives a lot about this, but the point I want you to see in this is the relationship he gives with Christ in the church. Verse 22, he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So we see that there's a submission that the husband is to make unto the Lord. This is doing right. This is doing what's right that the, uh, um, to begin with, we start in verse 21 where he says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And then he brings in wives and then he brings in husbands. He says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And then verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body. And so therefore, as the church, verse 24, is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be unto their own husbands and everything. And then he goes on and says, Husbands, love your wives, even as, or like Christ does, has loved the church and gave himself for it or for her. They might sanctify and cleanse her, with a washing of water by the word. And well, so we see that there's a making right. There's a, a righteousness that comes that we, we are to respect. We're to, even in the home as a husband and wife, we see that the example that we have on how to do right and live right and how to act right as a husband and wife has to do with how Christ does to the church. Hallelujah. So we want our children to see that, right? We want our children to see, okay, this is how mom and dad does it. So this is how I'm supposed to do it. When I grow up, how did they learn that? Because you taught them. Maybe you didn't have uh, a, a, a mom and dad that submitted themselves one under the fear of God. But that doesn't matter in this as long as you, you get it right with them. 
and, and begin to change that, that generation what's passed down. Amen? And so it's important to do what's right. I'll read uh, uh, one other scripture to you here. Let's go over to 1 John. 1 John, little John, back by Revelation, Jude and Revelation. Let's do 1 John uh, chapter 2, and let's look at verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Isn't that good? So he says, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Is that us? Are we born of righteousness? Is there a doing to righteousness that he talks about? Absolutely. Yeah, but so-and-so isn't, and they're a Christian, and they're living there. Hey, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Hallelujah. It matters. I'm not, I'm not accounting for everybody else. I'm not, I'm not even looking at you. I'm not, no. I'm looking at the Father God and said, I need to get this right. Me, me, I need to get this right. Do I always want to get it right? No. Well, what about, okay, so what about here's somebody that lived Live like the devil in part of their life, you know what I'm talking about. And I mean, just did not treat people right and do right, but got born again. Praise God. Johnny got born again. Glory to God. Does Johnny ever mess up? Yeah, he could. Is there a guide on the inside of Johnny that tries to lead and guide him in the right direction? Yeah. But does Johnny always make the right choices? No, because he's learning how to listen. And he takes some time, sometimes for this flesh to understand that there's consequences. Hallelujah. Still running kind of chilly there, brother. Thank you. And so, there's, there, there's just as there's consequences to those, and he, it takes him a little bit to get it, you know, to get it right, he begins to grow in those things. So... That's why sometimes we have a problem with, well, I'm not perfect. Well, perfection, and, 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 and any time we see the word perfection, usually a big majority of time in Scripture has to do with maturity. Okay? It has to do with maturity. It doesn't, it's not, oh, everything's just perfect. Ayla's got everything in order, praise God. No, it's maturity. It's doing right. It's doing what accounts. It's doing what matters. It's doing the right thing, even when nobody else is doing the right thing. And we see in today's time and in today's the age that we live in, we see more and more people doing things that are not right, calling it right. Oh, it's right. It's okay. It's no problem. Uh, who says? Where's the guide? I like Pastor Terry would talked about how that last year was here. So we remember I preached a message on true north. 
And he said that really spoke to him so much so that he went back and uh, he, uh, uh, he began a message on that. You got, you got one of those coins in your pocket, brother? Would you bring that up here a second? Thank you, Lord. This will show you how a message will speak to you. If you can see this or not, but this is like a compass in the middle of it. And it has to do with true north. Because if you start getting off just a little bit, a little bit, you know, I preached and talked about from a pilot's standpoint that you have precession in a compass, and your compass will begin to get off. If you don't keep that thing just right, and you continue to fly by what it's showing north or showing a, a degree heading, and you don't correct it and make it right, by the time you get out here, you could be miles and miles off of course where you need to be. And so, this spoke to Pastor Terry's heart, and he began to teach that series. Well, we need to take that to heart because it's still true no matter where we, where we go or whatever in life. Just because somebody else says, no, this is north, this is the way we're going, and you know, according to the Word of God, this is your true north. This, is, this doesn't lie. There's no deviation in this. Well, yeah, but I could just, you know, it's okay to fudge a little bit. Uh -oh, watch out. Because a little bit here adds up to a lot down the road. It's called compromise. It's real easy to compromise in the world that we live in today. Compromise. Compromise to things that are not right, especially when we know different. Yeah, you might be called old school. Take that as a badge of honor. I do. There's a lot of things today. And, and some of the young people may say, well, that's old school. Well, call it whatever you want. There was a reason that it's still true today and it's, we're sticking with it is because that's right. Oh my, going to meddling now, I know. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And so, it's how we're to live. It's how we choose to live. Are we going to just do what everybody else do, does? Or are we going to live righteously? Hallelujah. Are we going to set a standard and say that's it? Does it, is, does it matter if we get mocked for it? Does it matter if somebody says, well, you know what, uh, I, can't, uh, you know, I, I can't agree with that. Well, that's fine, but I'll tell you what, when the chips are down, guess who they're going to be calling? When something doesn't work out and they need some help, they're going to know somebody that doesn't deviate. I get accused a lot of, of, of things in my life that I, that I don't want to change. It's not because I'm, quote, set in my ways. It's because if I have something that I know is good and it's right, I stick with it. You know, uh, I've got an old truck that's been paid for a lot of years. And uh, I have a son that says, Dad, won't you buy a new one? I said, I don't want to. I, I like my old truck. I like my old 7.3 Power Stroke. It works good. Besides that, if I need a new one, I'll drive yours. <laughs> well, <laughs> he uses my stuff. I can use his, right? <laughs> Love you, son. <laughs> but it's because I know it's tried and true. I know 
it's, it's solid. I know, I know how, if something breaks down, I know how to work on it. I don't have to pull the cab on it to fix something. Those of you know anything about the trucks today. Well, there's things in our life sometimes uh, that people, I know there's people that's tried to get credit on things and they can't get credit because they, they can't hold a job down. I mean, they're just constantly from one day and the next day, well, you know, find something else that works. And a lot of people are in, in, in debt head over heels because they, they, they'll, they'll take something, buy a vehicle or something like that, and uh, use it for a little while, and then next thing you know, get something else and something else. And I, I'm not bashing if you, you do something like that, but I'm telling you there's a price to pay for doing things like that. And there's something, there's nothing wrong if you want it, that's your choice, and you can afford it to do it. But at the same time, you've got to make good choices that keeps you walking in wisdom that will cause you to be further down the road. Many people, by, sometimes by the choices we make, we hold ourselves back from being to where we could ultimately, should ultimately be. So I submit to you that another part of walking righteously is expecting wisdom, going to the Father and getting wisdom on how to walk right how to do things right that nobody else may be telling or, or maybe somebody else could be telling you to do this or that. But before, and, and it might seem it's okay, but when you go before the Lord, He knows the future. And He says, no, nah, you need to put that on hold. I'll take care of it. Hallelujah. And we need to respect His leadership in our life. If He gave us righteousness, and he says that we can walk righteously before him. He wants to help us every day of our life. Hallelujah. I said he wants to help us. Praise God. Let's stand our feet. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So we don't have to worry about getting all dirtied up and then have to get clean again. We can walk clean. Okay, I'll say that again. I said, we don't have to live our life getting all dirtied up and then have to say, God, make me clean. We just walk in cleanliness. We walk in His righteousness, and we keep ourselves there. Praise God. Hallelujah. I talked to you last week about the testimony that when Pastor Nancy and I got married, first got married, she said, you know, I just don't have this, feel like I don't have this great testimony like so many of these people that, you know, got into trouble or got into drugs or got into this and got into that and, and God delivered them out of it, praise God. I said, dear, you have much greater testimony. You, you, stay, you said no to that. You said no to that, praise God. So that's what I'm saying, to walk righteously before God. Let's say no to unrighteousness. Let's say no to sin. Let's say no. No, that's not a part of my life. Sorry, I can't, I can't do that. No, 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 no. No, thank you. Hallelujah. Well, smile real pretty. Nobody will ever know. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. You know how God loves you more than the devil hates you? You know that? Yeah, he does. That's a good plan for your life. I said he's got a good plan for your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, 
you guys is all family. You guys got a great heritage in Jim and Gay. They set some good, uh, good standards and some things. And I'm sure they'll be the first to tell you they didn't make, always do everything right. But they kept their love for God. And you know, that part about, no, we're not going into a gray area. It's black or white. Is so important. It's real easy to do you know, give a little fudge, a little well, compromise a little bit here and a little bit there. We never know who's watching. Sometimes it's our own kids. And uh, it'd be terrible to go through life and later on in life they said, yeah, but you know, Dad, when you did this or you did that, wasn't that all right? Ooh, when we knew it wasn't. So it's important that we keep the standards. And uh, I just want to tell you, uh, you know, it's good. They, they've, they've, the track record that they have laid. But now each of you have your own life. Decisions and choices you make. And it's not based off of someone else. Thank God for that example. But you're leaving, each one of you are leaving a legacy. And what a great example for this little one right here. A legacy that's down. Great grandparents, grandparents, parents. That's awesome. It's something you can see before you as an example. But it's not just the little one, it's about the people that we're around. So basically what I'm saying is, don't, and this goes for any, everybody, don't ever be concerned about, well, I'm the only one that's taking the stand. Or I'm the only one that's doing right. Or I'm, I, I may, you know, nobody else is doing that. So somebody's got to start the ball rolling someplace. Somebody's starting to start to change. And God will bless you for it. That's the key. Keeps the door closed to the enemy. Keeps your life open to God. But don't forget what God's done in your past. Because you haven't seen anything to what God wants to do in your future. It's not too late. Matter of fact, there's more that can happen in this part of your life than's ever happened before. Whether you've ever always done everything just right or not, it doesn't matter with God as long as we're clean with Him, as long as we're honest with Him. He'll take care of any mistake. But I want you to know that God loves you and has a good plan for your life. I want to pray for you guys here. Can I do that? Father, I thank you for this couple. Father, you know where they've come from, and you know where they're headed to. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for ordering their steps. And Father, I'm asking if there's some changes that needs to be made, that, that Father, that they'll just be submissive to you and say, you know, we'll take care of that. We'll do what we need to do. 
And Lord, you love them so much. And you've got good plans for their lives. And Satan, we just let you know that you have no place in their lives in Jesus' name. No place whatsoever. Father, I thank you, Lord, what you've begun, you'll finish. And you work with them on the level that they're at. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your goodness and your patience. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of everything that pertains to their lives. Because you dearly love them so much. Thank you, Father God, that you do only good. Lord, I, I, I don't believe it. I know it's no accident that they're here today. Father, when they leave this place, they'll leave with a, with a different mindset. Father, I just ask you to minister and show them your love right now, your goodness. Your goodness and your love. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. Oh, you're so good, Lord. You're so good. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. God's good, isn't he good? He's, he's just good. He's just good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, you've just begun. That's an exciting journey. But you haven't seen anything yet. Oh, you don't need to be sorry for nothing, girl. I'm telling you. Precious. You made the right choice. I'm telling you, you're going to begin to see more benefits and the fruits of, of this than you can even imagine your walk with God. So God just wants you to know, He wants you to tell you thank you. Thank you for making that choice and for choosing to walk that direction. And know that He's there with you. He'll help you every step of the way. That you're not alone. That you're never alone. Even when you feel like it. You're never alone. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, we serve a good God, don't we? Isn't he good? He's just so good. He's so good. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father. I thank you that your presence is here in this place and ministering to hearts right now. If there's something that you know is not right between you and the Master, just make it right with him right now. Just say, God, forgive me. Cleanse me from that. And he'll help you with it right there where you're at. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Speak to hearts. Minister your love right now in Jesus' name. <laughs>
Oh, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You are not alone. You're not alone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lindy, when the enemy tries to bring back things, you just tell him no and look down when you tell him because he's under your feet and say, no, I'm not going to pick that up. That's not my care. I put it in God's hand and I'm going to leave it there. Period. Period. Regardless of what you hear, regardless of what it looks like, God's plan is greater. So just choose to walk in joy. Nope, nope, nope. I'll not pick up the care of that again. And light it at the master's feet. I'm not going to look when it looks like sure defeat. But I'm going to keep my head high. And I'm going to rejoice every day. And know that the goodness of the Lord walks. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And Karen, that goes for you too. So. Hallelujah. It's good. I said it's good. Amen. Praise God. Well, go and be blessed. Hug somebody's neck on the way out. Shake their hand. Shake their hand. Or hug their hand. Shake their neck. I don't care. Whatever. Be blessed. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.